0: Welcome to Sweat Talk. Are you ready to get sweaty?
1: Alright, back with another episode. Um, This is a new segment that Ryan and I are going to be doing. It'll be an album movie review. I listen to a lot of albums. Ryan watches a lot of movies. So, I'll uh, review the albums. Ryan will review the movies. We'll try and make this more weekly than our episodes have been. Um, Also expect another episode coming out this week. We'll try to get two episodes in per week. So, we'll get right into it now. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Um, This is probably my favorite album of all time. It's really good. It's, I mean, it's almost perfect. It was made in 2010. There's 13 songs on it, and it is one hour and eight minutes long. Um, you see Kanye shine through here. There's great production, rapping, writing, everything. It's it's an artistic masterpiece. Um, it came following, it came out following Kanye's infamous uh, interruption during Taylor Swift's VMA award acceptance speech, which was you know pr- pretty funny. But this album was kind of Kanye's way to get back into the people's good graces, I think. So some of the standout tracks on here, the songs that like everybody knows, Power, All of the Lights and Runaway, My Personal Favorites, Hell of a Life, Gorgeous and Monster. So I'm just going to be breaking down each track on here, talking about it, and then I'll give a quick summary of the album. So we'll start with the intro, uh, Dark Fantasy. Uh, It opens up with a really interesting monologue from Nicki Minaj. I really enjoyed it. It's pretty entertaining to listen to. Uh, the actual song itself has a great combination of these like chanting vocals and Kanye rapping over a really enjoyable beat, and it kind of sets the mood for the whole album, this whole twisted, dark theme that is coming from the title. The next song is Gorgeous. Uh, it has a really strong hook from Kid Cudi. This is one of my favorite songs off the album. It's really catchy. It runs at a good length, and I think about six and a half minutes. Kanye has... Three really good verses on here. You can really see his rapping abilities on here. And Raekwon ends with a pretty okay verse. It's not bad, but it wasn't great. And the voices are kind of like, almost like it's on a phone call. They seem like watered down. Um, You'd have to listen to it to really know what I'm talking about, but it gives the song a nice edge to it. Power, uh, the next song. This is probably the most famous song off this album. It's played at, like, tons of sporting events. Everybody knows this song. Um, it's it's a great song. It's super popular, as I said. And it's really fun to listen to. It can, like... It's a great hype song. And it has a really good outro at the end. That's what I really like about it. It ends on a really good note. Um, there's not much to say about this because everybody already knows this song. And pretty much the same with the next song. All of the Lights Interlude, which is separate from All of the Lights. The Interlude is pretty much just like a minute long of like this dark uh, piano by Elton John, and it leads really well into the actual All of the Light" song, which is, again, ridiculously popular, um, with a great chorus from Rihanna. It's similar to Power, how it's like one of those really great hype songs, and it's really, really good to listen to. Next is Monster, which is just loaded with stars on here. Um, It opens and closes with Bon Iver, which is a great way... To, uh, you know, start and finish out the song. Rick Ross has a pretty interesting way to open up the song, but I like it. It's entertaining. Uh, the beat on here is like, it's like infectious almost. You like keep listening to it. It's really catchy. Um, Kanye does a great chorus on here. Nicki Minaj has one of the best verses on the entire album on this song. Uh, and then Kanye and Jay-Z. It goes a Kanye verse and a Jay-Z verse, and it's just great to listen to. And This is, again, I said this earlier, it's one of my favorite songs on here. It's just really fun to listen to. Next is So Appalled, and there's a lot going on in this song because this is another, similar to Monster, just loaded with stars. Uh, Kanye starts it off with a really great verse, uh, really entertaining, really good to listen to, really strong. And then Pusha T and Jay-Z come in with two, I mean, amazing verses. Pusha T's verse was probably the best on here, but overall, it's a really great song, but it can seem kind of messy just because there's all this stuff going on, and the beat's really slow with these really great verses on top of it, which is what I like about it. Next is Devil in a New Dress. This is, it's an amazing song. Kanye, he shines through on this. This is almost Kanye at his best. He has a phenomenal chorus on it, chorus on it. And his verses are great on it. They're super entertaining. The Rick Ross verse on it is the closing out verse. And it's a pretty good verse the first time you listen to it. But the more you listen to it, the more you can really appreciate how fantastic it truly is. But overall, I think for this song, this is uh, Kanye really showing his musical abilities. Next is Runaway, another one of the standout tracks. It has the best chorus out of all the songs on this album. Um, it might be one of Kanye's best songs ever written. Uh, it's it's a beautiful song. It's very emotional. Kanye does a great job on here. And the way that the emotional verse that Kanye has contrasts with Pusha T's, well, not very emotional verse, uh, it's great. It just shows uh, their musical abilities and how well they can work together. Uh, the outro at the end, however, is three minutes long, so it's a little lengthy. It's not very good. I normally just skip it, but don't let that ruin this song. I mean, this song, there's it's hard to describe it. It's a beautiful song. Next is Hell of a Life. This is my personal favorite off this album, um, and I've seen this. This track's pretty polarizing for a lot of people, I think. I've seen a lot of people give it hate. A lot of people give it love. Some people fall in between. But I think the more you listen to it, the more you can appreciate the production on it. It's a really, like, dirty song. It's kind of sexual. Well, not kind of sexual. It's really sexual. And it's, like, a complete opposite from the really emotional, heartfelt Kanye that you see on Runaway. On Runaway, he's talking about, like, all the relationships that he ruins. And then on Hell of a Life, he's rapping about marrying porn stars. So, I mean, it's a funny contrast. But it's still a great song. And I think it should be listened to with open ears. And Yeah, that's really all I can say about it. If you give it a fair shot like you give to all the other songs, you'll really be able to appreciate how phenomenal of a song it is. Next is Blame Game. It has a catchy chorus from John Legend. Um, it's a really great chorus from John Legend. You can see his singing abilities really shine through here. Uh, this is one of the longer songs on the album, it's 8 minutes, it's a really slow song It's a really heartfelt verses from Kanye uh, And then the outro, again like Runaway is pretty long But it's entertaining with Chris Rock and Saul McInnes uh, This is my least favorite track on the album Which says a lot to the greatness of this album because this track is phenomenal Next is Lost in the World This is kind of continuing that theme that started with Runaway On this like back half of the album. Well, it started with Devil in a New Dress on this back half of the album. Of being more emotional, being more heartfelt. And yeah, Lost in the World is like that. It was originally a love song, or love poem, that Kanye wrote to Kim Kardashian. And he turned it into this song that you can tell is really emotional, really soulful. A lot of just raw emotion that Kanye packs into it. And this is the last actual song on the album. And... This was a great way to close it out. It was super phenomenal to listen to. Next, however, it isn't a song. It's more of like a monologue. Uh, It's by Gil Scott Heron, who will survive in America. And it poses this really interesting question of where fame and fortune will bring you. Kind of like showing Kanye's rise in the rap game, the controversy with Taylor Swift, how he kind of fell down, and then my beautiful dark-twisted fantasy was his way of showing that, you know, he's still on top, he's still Kanye West, the greatest artist of all time. And in my opinion, he makes a really interesting comparison. He compares himself to America, the United States of America. The way that I see it, and I'm not saying that Gil Scott Heron wrote this to compare America and Kanye, I'm just saying that Kanye might have included this on the album to compare himself to America, because, the way that he's talking about America, it's like he's saying, oh, it's this great nation, but there's so many deep flaws, like deep, many flaws that taint it. Just like Kanye. He's a great man, a very talented, wonderful person. But, I mean, we all know he has a lot of deep flaws, a lot of things that have caused controversies and caused problems. And I think that's, you know, so Kanye. He's comparing himself to an entire country, which is just, I mean, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, written by Gil Scott Heron. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, it's just a segment from an earlier speech of his, uh, but I think it closes out the album really well. It wraps up this whole, just like the title says, this dark, twisted life that Kanye was living. And it shows like the effects of fame and the effects of fortune and what it does to a person. But overall, this is Kanye's magnum opus in his musical career. It is perfectly phenomenal. I mean, it's the. I mean, you hear me struggling right now to put words together. It is a beautiful track. It's an A-plus album. I mean, these aren't some of the greatest rap songs of all time. Well, they are the greatest rap songs of all time, but they're also the greatest songs of all time. The album is so beautiful, really heartfelt, and it just shows Kanye's versatility, how we can go from, you know, rapping on a super, like, pumped-up track like Power, and then a few songs later rapping about like heartbreak and ruining relationships on Runaway. And it shows just the the overall uh, talent that he has, the musical talent that this man has. Um, if you're not a big fan of Kanye, I get it. A lot of people don't like him. Personally, Kanye West is my favorite artist. Um, give this album a listen. If you haven't listened to it, if you're a big hip-hop fan, you probably listened to it. If you're just starting to get into music, this is a great way to really just you know, open yourself up to some great music. Um, But listen to this with open ears. Listen to it with an open heart and really be able to accept the beauty that this art is. All right. I hope that didn't bore you guys to death. If it did, don't worry. Ryan has a movie review coming up, and that is going to be absolutely horrible to listen to. So keep listening to it, and yeah, I'll see you later. Go check it out. Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy.
0: Hello, welcome to Ryan's movie review, and uh, today we're gonna to be reviewing the movie, the Star Wars movie, Revenge of the Sith, which I personally think you know. Actually, no, this isn't just an opinion. This is a fact. Okay, Revenge of the Sith is a hundred percent the best Star Wars movie out of any of them. I don't care what you say. It's just like it's just facts. Okay. So, basically, the movie also has a really... So, the intro to the movie is really good as well. I I haven't watched it in a while. So, I don't really remember, like, all of it. But I'm pretty sure they fight the guy with uh forearms. That was pretty cool. But, uh... Fuck, I forgot what happened after that. But... Obi-Wan versus the dude with four arms is a hundred a hundred percent the second best fight in all of Star Wars all of the Star Wars movies. And I've like watched all the Star Wars movies. I'm not like the biggest Star Wars guy, like I haven't watched all the like TV shows. But Revenge of the Sith, such a good movie. And the fight against uh Oh yeah, his name is Grievous. Uh Obi-Wan versus Grievous is such a good fight. Uh and I forgot how it ended, but I know it ended really well. And then also This is spo- a spoiler where wor- <coughs> This is a spoiler where wor- <coughs> warning, but uh yeah If you haven't watched it now, then you should just, like, listen. Who cares? Like, it's a really good movie, but, like, it's too late now. So, uh, basically, the final fight is Anakin versus Obi-Wan. And it's such a good fight for multiple reasons. And, uh, basically, Anakin almost dies at the end, and then he becomes Darth Vader. And there you might think uh the end of it is a plot hole because you know anakin's wife died of sadness like what is that but you know it's actually really philosophical and you know it's a great ending because it really touches upon uh wait cut the cut the i I need to think tommy tommy cut this part okay Like, this part, okay? Uh. Fuck. Oh, it really touches on the fact of... How great their marriage was. And how much Padme really loved Anakin. And you know. It's. And now it introduced two new characters as well. It introduced the whole entire uh, next part. As uh, Luke and Leia were born. Uh, uh, So basically Padme, Anakin's wife died and gave birth to. Luke and Leia. And that was, like, crazy because, you know, Anakin, the, like, super bad guy, is related to Luke, his, like, son, the super good guy, and then, you know, the whole thing, like, Luke, uh like, killed his dad and stuff, and, like, the crazy stuff that happened. That was some crazy stuff, you know? But... This movie was so much better than any of those fights because Obi-Wan and Anakin started off... The whole thing started because, uh... Palpatine, yeah, that guy, he, like, convinced... Uh, Anakin was having, like, nightmares about Padme dying, and then Uh, Palpatine was like, you know, that's some pretty crazy stuff, man, like... Uh, uh, You could save your wife if you, like, knew some cool stuff, like some, like, Dark Force and stuff like that. So Anakin was like, aw, oh, sick, dude, let's do that. And let me just, you know, casually kill all the younglings. But anyways, it was, and then that's basically the reason that uh anakin went to the dark side because of padme but in the end he caused the death of padme which is like that's pretty philosophical right there and i give that like an a plus you know really good stuff and so he also it's crazy because like uh padme went to see anakin and uh, they started to get in a fight about like, cause she saw Ob one and he was like, hey hey hey, you're my wife. What are you doing with Ob one man? And then Ob one walks out and you're just like, oh shit! Like it's about to go down. That is that's some timing right there. That's some crazy stuff. And then you know they have the whole fight. It was pretty good. I don't really remember it that much. I watched this movie like six months ago. But, I remember it being really well, and I liked, uh, I liked, and I liked, like, the background and everything about how they were fighting in, like, I don't know, the really hot place or whatever. I don't really understand how they were, like, you know, two feet above lava and not, like, burnt, but who knows, you know? It's just a movie, so... You don't have to take everything philosophically, you know? Uh, but... Uh, it's... It's pretty... It's a really good fight. Uh, yeah. And then... It also comes with a really great uh, line of... Anakin... Uh, I forget what he said. Something about the high ground. But Obi-Wan says it, and then... Anakin just get. Obi-Wan just slices off his legs. And Anakin just gets fucked really hard by him. And then he starts burning to the crisp. And then... He looks like... Really ugly. You know? Because his face is all like... Burnt up. And... You know, I guess you could say that is like punishment for his sins. Because he was in so much pain and everything. And... He, uh Though, like, people didn't even really fix him, even. They just, like, uh, the guy was, like, really strong, Anakin. So, like, they made it so he was still hurting and didn't actually, like, treat him as best as they could. Because then he would, uh, he would mess up Palpatine, you know? And they don't want that. Oh, and there's also the scene of Mace Windu with the purple lightsaber, that guy. That guy dies in this movie. Which is pretty crazy. That's. Yeah that's a crazy scene. And. I'm pretty sure. No Anakin didn't kill him. He might have. I don't remember. But he fell off a giant building. And that was crazy stuff. Oh yeah. And the fight Obi-Wan and Grievous was. It was a really good fight. I liked it a lot. I'm pretty sure he, like, shot his heart at the end. I don't remember. It's been a long time, okay? But he was, like, Obi-Wan was riding, like, a dinosaur or something. I thought that was cool. He would, like, the dinosaur would, like, jump, like, I don't even know. Like, really, uh, the dinosaur would, like, fall from, like, really high heights and just be fine. He'd just walk it off. I don't know what's happening there, but it was pretty cool. And... Oh, yeah. Obi-Wan also, Uh, it was, like, basically, Grievous is a bad guy, right? And he has, like, a lot of, like, other bad guys around him. And Obi-Wan just, like, casually walks in there and, like, I forget what he says, but he just, like, greets him, you know? Like, everything's cool. And he just walks in the middle of them. I thought that was pretty sick. I don't know. Cool moment. And, you know... I think this movie had the most flexing out of all of the movies because, you know, that was a really big flex, by the way, really cool, 10 out of 10 uh, on the flex scale, I think it was great. I also think that Obi-Wan really flexed hard by when Padme and Anakin were arguing about him, he just walked in and showed up, like... How much of a flex is that? He just like, he just fuck shit, with, fuck shit up for fun, you know. Pretty big flex. I liked it. I'd say it's in. No, the other one was like a five out of ten flex. This is like a ten out of ten flex. And I'm pretty sure, it was kind of bogus too. Anakin like knocked out Padme. I don't know if that was, like, to save her, because, like, if she got in the way of them fighting and stuff, that could have been bad. Or he was just, like, pissed at her and, like, did that. If that was the case, it's pretty fucked up, but, you know, I don't know. It could go either way. And, you know, he also really loved her, too, so I think, I don't know. Well, he did all this for her, so, like, he had to, like, a little bit, at least. Or he's just saying that, and he wanted to go to the dark side. Who knows? But, you know, I think this movie, 100%, some say that Return of the Jedi is better. I, uh, no, it's not, okay? Because this movie had two of the best fights in the whole franchise, right? And Return of the Jedi, it didn't have the top two. It it just, like, wasn't up to par with Return of the Jedi, you know? It didn't have the same character development as this one. Because Anakin was looked at as, like, oh, the savior, bring balance to the force, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, really good guy, I like that guy. And then he ends up, like, killing everybody, uh, trying to kill everybody, and going to the other side, so, you know? That's some character development right there, and I also think, and in the Return of the Jedi, Luke was just, like, chilling the whole time. The only thing he found out was, like, hey, oh, this guy right here, he's pretty fucked up, but he's my dad. Like, what am I going to do about that? But, yeah, I it had the best character development. It had some great lines, I think so. And, uh, it, like, it was all around 100% the best movie out of all Star Wars series. Easily. No debate. And, uh, let me think. Oh, yeah. The intro scene, I thought it was really good, too. They were just, like, flying around and stuff, killing some people. And then they saw Grievous, and then Palpatine was there. They didn't know he was bad yet, so they were saving him, and then he was, like, kill Count Dooku, or whatever, the, like, bad guy, and this was, you could kind of see, like, the start of Anakin's, like, downfall from here, because the man just chopped off his head, like, there was some hesitation, but he just chopped it clean off, like, that's some fucked up stuff, but... And you can see, like, throughout the movie, the, like, slow decline of Anakin. And it's also crazy because the prophecy was, like, Anakin was told to be the child who would, like, bring balance to the Force. And that's some, he kind of did because the Jedi, there was, like, a bunch of them. And then afterwards, Anakin kind of, like, fucked them all up. So, it's kind of crazy how, like, they all thought, oh, this is great, like, he's gonna bring balance to the force, guys, but, like, he just killed a bunch of Jedi, so, like, I don't know, that's some crazy stuff right there, and, you know, I think that's it of Ryan's, uh, first movie review on, uh, wait, what was this movie called, Revenge of the Sith, Yeah and uh i'd rate revenge of the sith a i'd give it an 8.5 out of 10 and uh just a sneak peek into the next episode next we're going to be reviewing tron legacy so you know that's some crazy stuff right there too